0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on
1: 630
0: Chad. Okay, here's what's going on. Maple Leafs lead the Flyers 3-1. That's early in the third, also early in the third Red Wings and Lightning tied 3-3. Minnesota still up 1-0 on the Canadiens. The Rangers lead the Jets 1-0. Second period, no score. Flames and Predators. That, of course, as I was talking about earlier, is a possible first-round playoff matchup. The Panthers are out shooting the Islanders 25-9 with five minutes left in the second period. Uh, the game, though, is tied 1-1. Barkov and Ajo have the goals. Early second period, St. Louis up one nothing on Boston. And still to come, important game for the Canucks as they take on. The Senators, we'll look at that with John Garrett coming up a little bit later on. Kings play the Ducks, and the Blue Jackets will play the Sharks. Again, the Oilers in a great spot here, uh, 7 points. Magic number against L.A., five points against Vancouver, just four points against Vegas. Those are the number of points the Oilers get combined with the number of points the other team does not get that would ensure the Oilers finish ahead of said team. So close to being uh, ahead of Vegas and getting there with uh, Vancouver and Vegas as well. All they need to do is finish ahead of those two of those three, and they'll be a top three seed in the Pacific Division. And uh, as we know, most likely in second place. So that's the story there. The Blue Jays in Boston, it's 1 1 in the top of the fifth. NBA playoffs tonight, five minutes left in the first quarter. Grizzlies lead the T Wolves 17 16. Minnesota up 1 0 in the series. And uh, about almost five minutes into the third quarter, Heat lead Atlanta, 72-62, Miami leading that best of seven, one, nothing. And later, the Pelicans play the Suns. I still find Pelicans to be an odd team name. I've
1: never really gotten used to it, Kellen. You know, like, I find the Suns to be a weird team name, so there we go. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: guess, I suppose if you think about any team name, it can sound weird, I, I suppose, if you really get into it. Like, you know, what is a, uh, I mean, Oilers, obviously you got oil in Alberta. I don't know if, is anybody specifically called an oiler besides a player? You know, grammatically, should it not be maple leaves? But
1: grammar doesn't count. I mean, we in the NHL, we've got blue jackets. In the CFL, we have red, black, stuff like that. I mean. (laughs) Well, sorry, Kellen. In the CFL, we have. Red Blacks! I didn't want to, I, I don't know how far away from the microphone I can be. Yeah, I lean way back yet, in so. the chair before I shout
0: <laughs> that. I'm not sure what the acoustics are like here in my basement. Hopefully that didn't blow anybody's speakers out. But uh,
1: the Pelicans of the National Basketball Association. I've been in their home arena before. It's a very nice place. For basketball or for wrestling? For wrestling. The Smoothie event King was Center it? in New Orleans
0: oh yeah that's right the smoothie cake set and what wrestling event was it
1: Uh, it was the Monday Night Raw right after Wrestlemania in 2014 so it was it was a lot of fun it's a very spacious uh, uh, arena Uh, the club level is very nice and uh, yeah it's it, it was awesome excellent all right appreciate that Kellen no problem
0: it's always a nice update from you we are going to dive into the uh, Dallas Stars a little bit. That is tomorrow's opponent for the Edmonton Oilers, Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Again, a little bit earlier than usual, 5 o'clock face-off show. The puck will drop at 6.30 here on 6.30. Chat. Interesting story to tell from uh, both talking about the Stars and his career path. He's the play-by-play voice for Dallas. Josh Bogarad is on the line. Josh, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. Thanks for having me. Hey, well, thanks for hopping on. Looking forward to the game tomorrow night. And I was really looking forward to having you on tonight because I was quickly double-checking your bio and all that fun stuff. And I thought, oh, my goodness. This guy has something in common with my colleague, Jack Michaels. Now, you're probably a <laughs> lot more uh, of a normal personality, so to speak.
2: Uh- <laughs> I, I don't know about that. You'll, you'll you'll tell me at the end of this yeah, <laughs> whether well, or not that qualifies.
0: Fair enough. TBA. But uh, tell me about uh, your sort of connection here with Jack in Alaska.
2: Yeah, um, so fans might know where where Jack made his way to Edmonton from, and it was uh, an ECHL hockey team that sadly is no longer around in Anchorage, Alaska. It was the Alaska Aces, and when he got the job to become the new radio voice for the Oilers and uh, and uh, took over for Rod Phillips. Um, they obviously had an opening and I was calling games in the Central Hockey League, which is a uh, minor league down in uh, mostly the southern part of the United States. And uh, I wound up getting the job. So when Jack left to Edmonton, I left where I was, went and became the new broadcaster for the Aces. And I was there three years before uh, I joined the Stars. And so I never met Jack. I talked to him a few times prior to getting that gig and then he would come back to Alaska and his fans here in Edmonton have grown to love him. They did in, in Anchorage as well. And, uh, he obviously left a pretty big footprint there. I used to joke with him because I hadn't met him in person and we would talk on the phone every once in a while. And I used to say to him, man, you must be 10 foot seven or something because everybody's talking about how big the shoes are that i have to fill coming and replacing you and uh and i think oilers fans know why because he calls a terrific game he's he's a terrific guy and uh it's pretty wild now that we uh face off every once in a while when dallas and edmonton get together and we get to reminisce about the alaska days
0: that's awesome yeah that's really that's really fun well and I, i'm interested too because Um, you grew up in Los Angeles and then you went to, so like, were you conscious about trying to find the biggest possible weather difference or did it just work out that way? (laughs)
2: No, I guess I'm just lucky that way. And, uh, and then here it's kind of the same thing. Landing in mid to late April and having it be snowing in Edmonton. I, I just like to stay on my toes with things like that every once in a while. Um, honestly, it, you know, I I grew up a huge hockey fan and um, I was a young kid when Gretzky got traded from Edmonton to LA. And I had already started to find the sport, but it certainly wasn't something that was you know, around is prevalent in Southern California, and so the fact that I was already interested in hockey, and then uh, when Gretzky got traded, there was this tidal wave that swept over LA. And I know that might not be what a lot of folks here in Edmonton who remember that you know want to hear, but it it was it was such a really special time um, for the growth of the sport in Southern California and really in non-traditional markets throughout the U S. And so to be, get, to, to, get caught up in that wave and, um, know from a really early age, what I wanted to do, then it was just chasing wherever the next and the best job was. And, um, I guess going from the beaches of Southern California to flatlands of Texas to, glacier side in alaska and then back down to texas and everywhere in between just kind of where the path led and you don't really get to pick it but i'm pretty thrilled with how it worked out and the stops i got to make
0: well that's awesome thanks for sharing that journey josh Boger at joining us tonight on inside sports play by play voice for the Dallas Stars, uh, getting set for tomorrow's game against the Edmonton Oilers. Dallas 2-0 and against the Oilers uh, this season. One kind of a close back-and-forth game. And in what seems like ancient history earlier in the season, kind of a dominant victory by the Stars. How are they playing now when Dallas kind of in that situation where you know they haven't exactly clinched a playoff spot, but highly unlikely they wouldn't get in, but they can't really move up too far. Uh, how does this portion of the season feel for the Stars?
2: Yeah. I mean, it definitely feels like you're in playoffs. I think the cliche of must win games gets thrown around probably a little, a little bit more than it needs to, but it's for a while now. It's felt like a playoff type of atmosphere surrounding this team. Whereas A loss isn't going to eliminate you, but there's only a certain number of them you can deal with before eventually it will. So every game has that ramped up intensity and by and large the stars have responded really well to it. last night in vancouver certainly was not the case they've had a pretty forgettable game it was as lopsided as the final score looked like and and, you know a a tip of the hat to the canucks who really are playing every game like it is must win and it it very well might be for them at this stretch Uh, but that was just the fourth time in 16 games that the stars played a game and didn't pick up points. So they've been on a pretty good tear. They've been doing it on the road. They've been doing it at home. They've been doing it against really good opposition. They've been doing it against some of the clubs that are just playing out the string. And um, I, I think they have to like where their overall game is in terms of those results. But certainly when you're coming off a game like last night and then you're staring at a very tough back to back with two clubs that look like they're going to be in the playoffs and probably one, two in the Pacific. They know that if, You come up empty handed on a trip like this, all of a sudden, whatever breathing room you felt like you had, you don't want to go home and stare down four games and have them feel like you got to win to get in. So I think they've done a really good job about just compartmentalizing game to game. They overall are getting the results. They're winning a lot of close games, uh, but it's already felt like the playoffs have begun. And now what you have to do the same way you do when you take a bad loss in a series is just park it, turn the page, move on. And that's what they'll try and do tomorrow night and then off to Calgary on
0: Thursday. The uh, Edmonton connections, a couple behind the bench. Uh, you got Todd Nelson and Derek Laxtall. uh, t- Tell me, and I, and I know that they're really good coaches. Todd was the uh, interim coach here. Derek obviously coached the Oil Kings and was incredibly successful. Like, do you get the sense? I, I know they're an important part of that staff. Do you get the sense they're going to be throwing their uh, names into the hat when head coaching positions come over? I know Nelson has interviewed before. Tell me about those two guys.
2: Yeah, I think that kind of comes with the territory. When you've got terrific guys as assistant coaches that, that still have the itch and are former heads and, and want to be heads, that's always something that sorts itself out. I, I think those two guys, I think very highly of them away from the rank i enjoy my time with both of them i think they both do a terrific job with the stars Uh, obviously you spoke a little bit about their resume and the local ties that they have um it's kind of at this point you view it like you do in pending free agents that's gonna come once there's closure on this season, everybody right now is kind of looking at the task at hand. Uh, I don't think it's any secret that when you get guys who are at the top of their profession, they've been head coaches before, they'll look for opportunities like that. But this is part of a staff that's a really good staff. Even if you take away the Edmonton connections, John Stevens is a former head coach. Um, And Rick bonus was a former head and then longtime assistant. He spent more time behind an NHL bench than anybody in league history. So you're dealing with a lot of terrific minds. Uh Jeff Reese is part of that as the goaltending coach, uh, even to the video staff. This is this is a fantastic accumulation of of coaching talent and where they go in the future. Honestly, I want the best for all of them, just on a a personal level. Uh, And then selfishly, as long as they remain in Dallas, I'll enjoy the time with them and, and the stars will certainly enjoy the success that, that they bring with them.
0: Right on, Josh. Well, I, I appreciate the insight and thanks for talking about uh your journey as well through the hockey world and the uh the broadcast booth. And I look forward to seeing you at the rink tomorrow. And again, I, I know the snow sucks, man. I mean, we we this is a little too late even for us here in Frosty Old Edmonton.
2: We cover we covered this. I did three years in Alaska. I feel like it's a trip down memory lane. I got no problem with this, Reed.
0: Thanks, Josh. Josh Bogorat, former Alaska Aces, play-by-play voice, just like Jack Michaels, and now calling games for the Dallas Stars. Two other meetings between the two teams this year. Back on November 23rd, the uh, Stars beat the Oilers 4-1. Long time ago, the Oilers won their next three games after that on the way to that 16-5 start before they uh, hit the skids for a while. That was Looking back, that was probably one of the Oilers' worst games this season in terms of just being kind of boxed out by their opposition. Ryan McLeod scored in that game, and was probably really the the, the Oilers' only grade-A scoring chance in that game. Dallas really had them under control. And then uh, they played recently in Dallas as well, and that was the game where it looked like the Oilers were going to get a win. They were up in the third period and then dallas got two goals in less than a minute i think it was 18 seconds apart actually to go uh, up four three and they added an empty netter so a game in which the oilers played better uh against the stars than certainly their previous i don't know how much we put into that meeting back in november now but the, the game more recently i thought the orders were, were right there and just kind of had a couple gaffes very quickly and uh, wound up losing 5-3. So that is the matchup tomorrow at uh, Rogers Place. John Garrett's going to give you the story on the Canucks' furious and desperate charge for the postseason, and a little bit more on that big announcement today pertaining to the Oilers Community Foundation and Kidsport. Sport. The Northern Community Foundation announcing a $2 million donation to Kids Sport. It'll fund Kids Sport's Hockey Assist Program. Qualified kids in Alberta, north of Red Deer, will have their full registration fees covered. They'll also have access to no-cost equipment. Rob Signoretti is the chair of Kids Sport Alberta. I talk- well,
3: Rob, pretty significant donation today. What does this mean to Kids Sport Alberta? Uh, it's truly a game-changer in terms of how we could impact uh, the community and the sport end to end. Uh, What uh, Corey Smith uh, with the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation was talking about is you know how can we think big? How can we make a big impact? And this is truly going to change the accessibility of the sport, what the face of the sport looks like. A really strong, well-funded program behind it, and and it does take a big commitment both financially and from the people involved to do it. Um, We're really excited to see what that impact's going to look like over the course of the the next few years. Tell me about the hockey the assist program so what it is uh, effectively it's a partnership between the Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation and Kidsport, sport uh, together with a couple other key partners involved the indigenous Sport Council of Alberta uh, Sports Central and Rosano transport uh, with the intent to enable any kid who can't afford it uh, what we do is we take like O 30 so families that are in financial uh, challenged and uh, we're able to fund The equipment and uh, the cost of participating in any sport uh, or sorry for hockey specifically for this program across all of oil country so do we know how many families this might benefit I believe the numbers that we're running are uh, when we break it down Effectively, it's going to be uncapped. Uh, Right now, with the funding, I believe it's in the realm of the thousands for sure. Um, However, as that need grows, if we're super successful in in the outreach, and that's why today's so important, is making sure all families in need are aware of this. uh, We'll be able to continue leaning in and supporting anyone in need. The goal is there; no one will be told no. So, any families with more, just contact Kidsport, find out more if they want to. Yeah, there's a landing page. Um, It's on the sheet here. I could just read it out uh kidsport h-a-p c-a any family who's interested can land there we're going to see a lot of uh a, a really good outreach through radio uh on websites through the edmonton oilers community foundation we uh we have a whole program with moms assisting moms as well so uh many many ways that we're going to be reaching out so yeah reach out to kidsport uh and and you'll be supported